0: Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclib 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you.
1: Hammer and Nigel. Do you believe these characters are weirdos? On 93 WIBC. So let's Oh, time to cure that post-election hangover, Hammer. Got a lot to unpack, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer is here. Let's do some midterm stuff. Polling.
2: Debates. Fetterman. The Eagles are so much better than the Eagles. Midterm stuff. That guy won. (laughs) (laughs) That guy (laughs) won. Wow. Somebody needs to be fired. I heard Tony Katz earlier, and Tony and I don't always agree on everything, but the one thing we are lockstep in on is that somebody has to lose a job over what happened last night. Talking about from a national perspective here, if you can't have a dominating night after the last two years of bad economics, drugs, crime open open borders (laughs) woke school boards if you can't have a big night off of that then maybe this isn't for you so ronna mcdaniel and kevin mccarthy and cocaine mitch and all the other good time party boys it's time to tank and blow this thing up i'm gonna use a sports term here nige i want to see the republican party right now do what the indianapolis colts did during the <laughs> curtis painter year okay you've got a surefire number one pick waiting for you Ron DeSantis. all you have
1: to do is tank and get there and then you can
2: rebuild this thing after that uh,
1: hold, wait a minute hold on here it, it, ain't, it ain't over yet I mean, we've still the the Republicans look like they're still going to take over the House. Uh, Barely look, look like it. Um, there's there's still a small pathway to hold the senate or even maybe have an extra seat or two in the senate there's still a pathway depending on what happens in arizona and nevada and then of course the uh, runoff that's going to happen between warnock and herschel walker but you're talking about a red wave i believe you i was were-
2: promised a red wave i was told a red tsunami red 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 and last night it was one kick to the crotch after the other because the republicans put up horrible candidates well, And I'm sorry, Pennsylvania is ground zero here. You lost to a dude fresh off a stroke who can't even speak in full sentences. You know why? Because Dr. Oz was so unlikable. And I'm not one to say that I told you so, but... Hot damn, I told you so. He's not even from Pennsylvania. He's from New Jersey. And the one thing I will give the Fetterman credit for, the Fetterman campaign credit for, they had great commercials where they painted Dr. Oz as a dude from New Jersey. People in Pennsylvania, they had the choice between two turds. They chose the turd that's at least from their state.
1: Yeah, this is Oz, unacceptable. I, I mean, look, Oz is a guy that served in the Turkish military. He's not from Pennsylvania. He, there was some serious carpetbagging going on. He, uh, back in the day, did some serious flip-flopping that could be pointed out. Simultaneously, swore to push back on transgender issues, protect life and conception, um, and support natural death—a uh, a departure from his years-long advocacy of a patient's right to die. So there was definitely some flip-flops on abortion and the patient's right to die and stuff like that. That that maybe hurt him a little bit, but yeah, he was just he, he wasn't from Pennsylvania. He wasn't one of them. The guy that he beat in the primary
2: would have beat Fetterman last night. I believe that in my heart totally. But because Donald Trump had to hitch his wagon to Dr. Oz, because Sean Hannity had to keep going on and on about how great Dr. Oz was. Apparently, we have to believe everything freaking Sean Hannity has to say. And now you lost to Uncle Fester. How does that taste? (laughs) And you look at some of the other candidates that the Republicans trotted out there. Again, it wasn't like this was some sort of dynamic Democrat machine. The odds were stacked against you. This is a group of lunatics, and you still couldn't mop the floor with them. So it's time to make America Florida. That's what has to happen. You saw what happened in Florida last night. Absolute dominance. Dominance. And there's a guy waiting to be the face of the party. Now, the Trump people are going to get real ticked off when I say that. And I have been a Trump supporter. We have said time and time again, Nigel, during trump's presidency i got everything i wanted in terms of policy border was secure uh we had job numbers that were really good the economy was cooking i got everything that i wanted but right now it's a completely different time and i think a lot of people around the country based off of what we saw last night and these trump-backed senate candidates they're not feeling the orange man so a change has to be made
1: you know i i thought i mean i was i'll go on record as saying and reminding people i thought there was a red wave coming for sure just purely by what i was looking at in the news in terms of polling leading up to the election there were races that were close that shouldn't have been close like in new york and michigan just to give a few examples even even as late as last year when youngkin gets in as governor there in virginia and, um, and you, you saw a bunch of, uh, elections where radical school board members were tossed out in, in, in favor of more moderate and, and, you know, right of center school board members. Um, it, just all that. And then, you know, you combine that with the crime and the inflation and the gas prices and the open borders and the fentanyl and, and just by virtue of Joe Biden being a very weak, feeble president, I thought, yeah, okay, this there's a red wave coming. And now it's – I think we're back where we started at the, in terms of predicting what was going to happen with this midterm election.
2: But we shouldn't be there. Like, you just made the case for me, right? All of these things happening and you couldn't steal more seats than you did? CNN – Not Fox News, not Newsmax. CNN had an exit poll that said 73% of Americans are either angry or dissatisfied with the way things are going under President Joe Biden. Feelings about the way things are going in the U.S. This is a bleak picture from this electorate. Look down here. 39% dissatisfied. 34% are downright angry. That's 73%. Three quarters of the electorate uh, tell us they're dissatisfied or angry. Angry, only 5% enthusiastic, 20% satisfied. And you couldn't take the yeah. Senate with that information? You couldn't get more House seats with all of that? Uh, Mark Penn, he is a writer for the Washington Post. He was on Fox last night. I mean, the voters
3: are set, looked at us and they said, We sent you a message in 2020. Did you not hear us? We don't want, they, they don't want, they, I, and I say this with great regret because I probably spilled more ink in the Washington Post than any human being defending Donald Trump during his presidency. I'm not i I'm not a, a never Trumper, but the election denial put people over the edge. Yeah. And, the, the, and at some point the voters said, we don't, this is we, we don't want the chaos. We, we, we want conservative, they loved, They in 2020 voters didn't reject Trumpism. They rejected Trump. There's a big difference. The Trump policies are su- extremely popular. Why is that? And you look at yesterday, 75% of Americans said we don't like the direction of the country, but they didn't vote Republican. We need to figure out, how, we need to give the voters of this country who do not want the miasma of spending, they don't want socialism, they don't want this left-wing direction the country is going in, a viable alternative to vote for, and we're not doing
1: it. You know, I think there's still some good news. I, I think people are, aren't are looking at this. I, I mean, hell, Maloney uh, the, the chairman of the House Democrats' campaign arm conceded defeat with his reelection bid to uh, that New York Assemblyman Lawler. And there are other, I mean, there are four other seats in New York that, uh, that they're probably going to flip red as well. And that's pro- probably as a direct result of Zeldin and how well he did, even though he lost against Hochul. So I, I don't know, you drill down, you, you focus on some of these individual uh, races and it's, it's not all doom and gloom. Uh, For the Republicans here, it just wasn't a tsunami Tsunami, as uh, many people were predicting. I think it's got to be more than that. I mean, I'm in a foul mood today because there is
2: absolutely no reason why you couldn't have taken more seats considering the material these clowns have laid on a plate for you. They are the defund the police party. They're the we want to have drag queens twerk in front of your kids party. (laughs) And you couldn't do any more than that. That falls onto the leadership. As the commander in Top Gun said, I want some butts. I want somebody <laughs> fired. Right now, I feel like Bob Knight in that classic rant he had in the locker room. <laughs> yeah.
4: I'm tired of this shit. I'm sick and tired of an 8-10 record. I'm tired of losing to Purdue. I'm not here to around this week. Now, you may be, but I'm not. I'm tired
2: of
1: losing in Arizona. I'm tired of losing to these clowns. Now, I'm not here to screw around this week. See, you I'm, may be, I'm, but I'm, I'm not. I'm telling you, Arizona's still up in the air. We don't know what's happening with the gubernatorial race there. Not that that matters as much as, so much as the, the you know senator uh, is still up in the air there for Arizona. Uh, Nevada is still in play. At the runoff election in Georgia between Warnock and Herschel Walker the republicans still have a path it's a slim narrow tiny little path like getting a camel through a needle hole Almost, <laughs> there's a way i'm sick and tired of losing to a guy <laughs> when he introduces himself says hello and good
2: night i'm tired of that <laughs>
1: Always look on the You're listening to The Hammer and Nigel Show On 93 WIVC Everybody cheer up Put a smile on your face I appreciate James trying to
2: cheer me up But I'm having a very bad day today I am not in a good mood
1: Well, I think when you introduce who is on the line here at the drivehubo.com hotline I think you'll be in a better mood I really do I think your spirits will will, uh, lift a little bit
2: I do love Stephanie Mead of Wish TV Stephanie, how are you? Hello, Stephanie
5: Hey, good afternoon, guys. I'm
2: Greg. Okay, so let's get into it. Uh, Apparently, the only waves that are happening are the ones in the Atlantic right now. We got a hurricane threatening Florida. Is that right? What's going on?
5: Yeah, well, right now, it's still a tropical storm. Um, Later on tonight and overnight, it's supposed to strengthen to a Category 1 hurricane and will make landfall very early tomorrow morning as a potential Category 1 hurricane doesn't weaken back to a tropical storm. Either way, it's still going to pack a bit of a punch just in terms of storm surge, it, uh, it also brings some hurricane force winds to along the Atlantic coast from, I think, as far south as near the Miami location, and then all the way up to around Jacksonville to see those winds upwards of around 70 miles per hour. So, kind of potent storm for those along the coast of uh, Atlantic Coast of Florida.
1: Yeah, I know some people that are down there right now, but it's, it's nothing, you're not anticipating anything like the, it was for Hurricane Ian, are you?
5: Oh, goodness. It should be not as devastating, but there's still, for a lot of locations, still cleaning up. And sure. it's supposed to get as far inland as Orlando. And a lot of folks, even on the Gulf Coast of Florida, could see some repercussions from this, too. I believe there's storm surge, watches out and warnings even along the Gulf Coast there. So, unfortunately, I mean, there's probably still locations still cleaning up from E in itself. So this is not an ideal situation mm. for uh, folks down in Florida right now.
2: So while Florida Florida is getting ready for a possible hurricane on the Atlantic side. We've got like blizzards and snowmageddon going on yeah. in the uh, northern part of the Midwest here, right?
5: Yeah, so the upper Midwest, the Plain State's seeing some significant weather, too. They have blizzard warnings out for much of the day tomorrow, and they're anticipating around nine inches upwards of a foot of snow, blowing and drifting snow. So, It's a tale of two different type of weather systems we're seeing not too far away from each other. So central portions of the the country getting hit pretty hard with a winter weather system here. And we'll actually see some repercussions with the system, not necessarily the, the snow, but they're definitely seeing some of that cold that we'll see heading into this upcoming weekend
2: so okay so you mentioned that cold could be coming this upcoming weekend we've been pretty lucky i mean we've been on borrowed time here 70 degrees sunshine first week of november i will take this i'm a guy that likes warm weather all the time even on christmas stephanie but we're going to start getting some cold seasonal weather this weekend right
5: Yeah, our temperatures actually, as we head through pretty much the later half of the day on Friday, as this cold front sweeps through, they'll begin to tumble. So we'll start off this weekend with temperatures in the 30s. Saturday, we'll be in the upper 30s on Sunday. And we're going to be trending below the seasonal high for a good portion of next week as well. So it doesn't seem like in the near future, at least within the next, uh, say 8 to 14 days, these temperatures are going to remain below the season line. We're usually in the mid-50s for this time of year, so we're going to be below that mid-50 mark. Starting off this upcoming weekend, and it looks like through a good bulk of next week. So, unfortunately, all good things do come to an end. I mean, who doesn't enjoy the seventy-degree weather today and tomorrow? Though, I would highly recommend get out and enjoying it because it doesn't look like it's going to stick around for so
1: much. Got any? Uh, got any predictions in terms of overall winter weather in Indiana and snow, uh, and and how brutal it could or could not be, for that matter? You
5: know, I for the past I've been here for about five years or so, <laughs> and I came from the Green Bay area so Mm i i've 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 enjoyed snow but you know indianapolis has been it's been underperforming in terms of just how much snow i would like i'm hoping that we get above average snow amounts this year i don't i know it it, it would be nice i think i think everyone's kind of hoping for not necessarily an awful winter but maybe some snow on the ground would be nice instead of these just two three inches that we get um, I'm hoping we get above average in terms of snow. Will we get it? I, I, don't, I don't know. I think we're due for it. But once we're done with the winter season, we'll see what happens.
2: All right. Last thing here, Stephanie. Let's just say that I have a friend who has lost a few bets on the Green Bay Packers. What's <laughs> wrong with Aaron Rodgers? I know you're a Packers uh, fan. What's wrong with missing, your guy?
5: <laughs> he's just missing Devontae Adams, I think. <laughs> we're just like the, couple, the couple up there and just... He doesn't have any good, I, I guess, wide receivers to throw to. So, unfortunately, I, he might not be as good as everyone thinks. I don't know. But I, it's, I think the Green Bay Packers are just as disappointing <laughs> right now as the Colts.
2: So. Right. I feel you. I got it. Uh, Stephanie Mead, Wish TV 8. Stephanie, we always appreciate the conversation. Thank you.
5: Yeah. Have a good day, guys.
2: This is the Hammer and
1: Nigel Show. My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer is here. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. We'll go to the drivehubler.com hotline and bring on education journalist, former STEM administrator, Tony Kinnett. Tony, how are you? Absolutely stellar, gentlemen. How are you? Uh, really good. We'll get into some stuff locally here that happened. Just kind of your big picture thoughts on what's happening nationwide uh, with the election yesterday and the midterm races. Any surprises, anything that makes you say, Ooh, well, that's that's interesting. What do you think? Well,
6: uh, on the national scale, if you remember the last couple of weeks, everyone's been talking red wave and red tsunami, and I was a little harder to convince. Yep, And that was because I didn't think that a lot of the Senate – uh candidates were really something to write home about, especially with Oz. I mean, I think, actually, I pointed this out on Twitter. The very first time I co-hosted with you, Nigel, I was like, yeah. I think that Oz is like a big goober. I don't know if he's going to pull out votes. I mean, yeah, Fetterman's a
1: vegetable. But, I was going mean, to say, is... Talking, is, is Fetterman any better? <laughs> no. <laughs> that's how bad I mean, Oz is. Oz is Fetterman.
6: Uh, I don't. It's just. It's one of those things. If you can't get people out to vote for you, it doesn't matter. Right,
2: Tony. Tell me if you agree with this or not. Because we've been talking about this Pennsylvania election. Yes, your choices here were two total turds. But I think the voters in Pennsylvania said at least Fetterman's hour turd they didn't associate dr oz with being one of them they thought this was a new jersey guy and if the fetterman camp did anything right those commercials where they were calling him new jersey's uh dr oz i think those had a pretty pretty strong effect on some voters
0: Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you.
4: When St. Jude opened in 1962, childhood cancer was considered incurable. Since then, St. Jude has helped push the overall survival rate from 20% to more than 80%. St. Jude won't stop until no child dies from cancer. Join me today in supporting St. Jude by calling 1-800-411-9898. That's 1-800-411-9898 to become a partner in hope. Your gift to St. Jude could last a lifetime.
6: I think so, too. Look, Fetterman has been a progressive, uh, at least a sweetheart in that way for several years. Oz comes out of nowhere, snags a Trump endorsement to win the primary total disaster. And that's what we really saw across the country is that the era of Trumpism is over. It is. It, he's done. He, I'm seriously, wow. I mean this very succinctly. If Trump comes out and announces on Tuesday that he's running for the presidency, he's extra done. And I mean like wins less than 20 percent of the primary vote. I don't think so. This is easily DeSantis party now and not because he went after it. It was thrust upon him. And Florida is the only state. I mean, I know people are talking about Arkansas and Texas, but Florida is the only state in which tremendous gains were made. Flipping Miami-Dade is a key factor that you need to be not just good on culture stuff. Yeah, You don't just need to be good on the economy. You have to be good on both, and you have to be articulate and competent when you discuss them.
2: All right. So let me back up just a little bit, because I do want to get into these school board races here in Indiana. But you said Trumpism is dead. Is Trumpism dead, or is Donald Trump the political candidate dead, because some would argue Ron DeSantis has a lot of the same uh, points of view as Donald Trump does, and he will run on those points of view, but there's no baggage with Ron DeSantis. Is it the politics, or is it the guy?
6: So I think a lot of people are equating Trumpism with being literate and punching on social and cultural issues. I disagree. I think that Donald Trump being an outsider did a lot of really great things in 2016, but I do not think that Trumpism and running on social issues – Uh, Running against, like, for example, the racism and a lot of the sexualization in schools would would be considered a Trumpist issue in 2016. But now it's simply considered the conservative or libertarian approach to social issues. I don't think that those two things are the same anymore. I think that Donald Trump has made a lot of his campaigns running on every election is is stolen, on calling DeSantis de Sanctimonious the day before the election. I mean, it was just inappropriate and at this point, it's, it's really just sad. I just think he should go retire and kind of be the Monday morning quarterback and, and just kind of comment on things from afar. But he's not going to, and he's really stripped away a lot of his credibility. Uh, and I think at this point, really, I really believe that DeSantis will end up being like George Washington, and here's what I mean because it's a strong statement. I think DeSantis does not necessarily want to run right now but he is going to be begged and asked by the majority of the republican party to run in 2024 and that's how we're going to end up with what will be our next reagan which is Ron DeSantis.
2: tony kennett joining us a longtime educator here in indiana so let's get into some of these school board races here uh this was, I think, a rough night for folks who did not want a lot of the woke bullcrap in their schools. It was in Zionsville. This was a rough night for those who wanted uh, some common sense on their school board. Take us through what happened. Uh, I've got to be honest with you. I, I see a little bit of
6: that, but I saw a general referendum on competent school board candidates. So we saw some really interesting stuff. So in Carmel, the races were very, very close. Uh, we saw one of the conservative GOP-backed candidates squeak it out just at the last minute. The other two were within 1,000, 2,000 votes of each other. Zionsville split the ballot down the middle. It was a rough evening over there. But yeah. to be fair, Kiefer didn't do himself any favors in the last couple of weeks leading towards that. And then you have uh, Brownsburg, which was a total disaster uh, that I really at this moment, I've heard it attributed to funding. I'm not really sure if I agree on that one, because in Hamilton Southeastern, we saw the exact opposite. Hamilton Southeastern, which is where I've spent the majority of my time in this election cycle, as you both are very well aware, all four candidates Destroyed their opponents that were backed by the Indiana State Teachers Association. The conservative, Republican backed, the parent backed candidates, all four demolished the other candidate. It wasn't even close. And I believe in in this case, it's because those candidates articulated exactly what parents were concerned about, and they didn't stick to buzzwords. And unfortunately, with one of the Noblesville candidates, with some of the other candidates around that lost, it was just buzzword after buzzword, and that just doesn't bring out the voters, no matter what side of the aisle you're on.
1: Yeah, I mean, and you mentioned the split vote, like in Zionsville. I feel like there were other factors, too. I mean, I think popularity... Like, like Valentine and Berg have older kids. They've been in the community for a lot longer. Right. So I'm not sure how this radical Powell, how she even wound up on there. Valentine is way out of her league, completely lost at the, the candidate forum. It just seems like the pro-curriculum, pro-student, pro-parent candidates weren't a factor in Zionsville.
6: So here I think is where the good news comes in and what we take away from this. And what we take away is now we can actually sit back and we can watch Carmel and we can watch Brownsburg in comparison to Hamilton Southeastern over the next four years. We have the conservative slate school board candidates in HSE versus the liberal school board in Brownsburg. Let's see how they compete. Let's actually see who was right in their conversation. Number two, just because you have heart, Just because you want to see change does not mean you're qualified to run for office, and that's a hard thing to hear. But we did see a lot of candidates who really meant well. I want to stop this in the schools. I want to stop this. And they came out, and the voters asked hard questions, and they weren't able to answer them. We saw that on both sides. And it wasn't just the Republicans getting shellacked in some of those races last night. Uh, we saw the Indiana State Teachers Association put $4,700 against Tiffany Pasco in her district in the last couple of days. Tiffany Pasco obliterated all of her other opponents. I mean, it, it was incredible to watch some of these elections last night. I definitely think the school choice and the pro-parents movements are heading forward.
2: And that's actually what I'm speaking about at IUPUI tomorrow night. So, Tony, let's talk about Brownsburg. How did this little town in Hendricks County become such such a bastion of liberal lunatics
1: on the school board here? How did this happen? I think it's a referendum on Rob Kendall. <laughs> it's a backlash. <laughs> it's a backlash. <laughs>
6: I met with Tiffany. I met with David. I thought Tiffany was a very brilliant candidate. I think that David was a solid choice as well. I think that what really got them in this election was just a massive push from the ISTA that ran largely unopposed by local Republicans. Uh, it's a it's a very interesting community setup over there. I'm not going to pretend to be an expert on Brownsburg. I, I never have been. Um And I think that in this election, in the last couple of years, what we've seen in the school data is they are able on the left to run on, hey, we're the number one school in the state. And it's that kind of status quo for them that works. It's very hard to argue against a school that is performing academically at the highest level in Indiana's public school systems on a lot of different measurements. And so you can kind of say yeah well there's a lot of woke garbage yeah there's a lot of issues of racism and that but we are academically performing at the highest so I don't as a parent really see the need for change and we're going to have to see if that was worth the trade-off over the next couple of years.
1: Where are you speaking again tomorrow night?
6: Indiana University uh Purdue University Indianapolis IUPUI at 7:30 you can find the uh Information on social media across the interwebs. Uh, I'm going to be talking about the state of public schools and the 2022 midterms and where we go from here.
1: And how can people get a hold of you, Tony?
6: You can find me on Twitter at The Tonus. And uh, really, that's the best place. Uh, you can find other things over on Facebook. Of course, you can head over to ChalkboardReview.com, find a few things over there. Uh, And, uh, of course, you can always find me in the free rent space provided by all of the Indiana progressives.
2: (laughs) Tony Kennett, my man. Thank you. Thanks, guys. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. Sunshine 73 at the American Standard Heating Weather Center at 93 WIBC.
7: This is bad. Bad, bad, bad. That's a joke, right?
1: The Hammer and Nigel Show, 93 WIBC. All right, let me ask you a question, Hammer, since I know you're in a surly mood right now. The red wave didn't happen like we all thought it was going to happen um, uh, uh, midterm here, the day after the elections. Uh, my theory was that if there was the red wave, then this would be it'd be a good thing for the Democrats because they get rid of Joe Biden and he wouldn't run in 2024. They could put somebody out there that maybe is a little more uh, maybe just a, maybe more moderate, maybe more centrist, maybe somebody that doesn't uh, have to have their um, diaper changed uh, on a daily basis <laughs> say they're not going to go with the centrist um, but, but uh,
2: maybe they won't have somebody wearing depends i'll meet that, you there yeah
1: but now that um now that it's looking like a red trickle uh what do you think biden does he's he's running in 2024 now right? uh, i mean he had record load job approval I, that's that's why again that's another reason why the, the red wave to me was going to happen is because like nobody liked this guy
2: you know that's interesting because if there's any silver lining To this, whatever that was last night, half-assed effort by the Republicans and poor leadership, maybe, you know, it's going to be harder to get rid of Joe Biden. Old poopy pants. Because it feels like whether it was Pete Buttigieg, whether it was Gavin Newsom, there were people, younger people waiting in the wings to run in 2024. But now that, hell, in theory, they could keep control of the senate they didn't lose the house by that much and technically i guess it's still in play but it's looking like the republicans are going to keep i'm sorry take the house at a very small majority not as
1: big as they thought it would
2: correct but still this is a win a moral win for the democrats yesterday you're right it's going to be hard for them to get rid of the old everlasting job stopper
1: a northern california man is saying that he is lucky after what he believes was a meteorite They hit his home. A meteor, for God's sake, man. A meteor just hit my house. Um, (laughs) It it destroyed it. Blew it up. Uh, Luckily, he's okay. Here he is talking about his home.
2: Heard a big bang. I started to
6: smell smoke, and I went onto my porch, and it was completely engulfed in flames. They said it was a meteor. I've always watched meteor showers and stuff as a kid, but I uh, definitely didn't look forward to them landing in my yard or through my roof. They said it's a one in four trillion chance. I guess I might be buying a lottery ticket today.
2: (laughs) All right. All right. (laughs) Are we sure this wasn't just a big piece of frozen space poop like Joe Dirt had?
1: (laughs) Or... Or maybe he left the gas on and lit a cigarette and... Uh,
2: <laughs> like the end of Christmas Vacation. <laughs> yeah. Drops that match that lit right. the stogie and then right. boom.
1: Do we have time for booze news? We always have time for booze All news. All right, real quick. Here's you some set them up and
4: I'll knock them back, Lloyd. One by one. We are going to read Booze News, because it's really
8: fun.
1: Once it hits your lips, it's so good. present Booze News, Booze News.
4: Time for Booze
1: News. You didn't see a lot of this coverage in the media. I can guarantee if it would have been an AOC or somebody like that, then this would have been all over. It would have been Republican violence. Oh, my God. But a man chucked a couple of beer cans at Senator Ted Cruz during monday's astros uh, world series parade they identified the guy and uh, he's arrested for uh, at least he was charged with felony aggravated assault through two beer cans of white claw at of Cruise. course astro fans white claw drinkers right there <laughs> now cruz uh, had a pretty funny response he got hit but he wasn't hurt and then later suggested his assailant had quote noodle arm. (laughs) Okay.
2: All right, Lion Ted, I see you bringing the heat a little bit right there. Yeah, Uh, if you're ever thinking about whether or not to throw something at
1: a sitting United States senator, probably should not do that. I don't care which side of the aisle they lie. Right. But again, this would be a much, much bigger story if this is like an Elizabeth Warren or somebody like that.
2: Oh my goodness. It'd be a hate crime if you threw it at Elizabeth Warren. Sure would. Dynamic woman of color. It's the Hammer and Nigel show.
0: Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you.
4: When St. Jude opened in 1962, childhood cancer was considered incurable. Since then, St. Jude has helped push the overall survival rate from 20% to more than 80%. St. Jude won't stop until no child dies from cancer. Join me today in supporting St. Jude by calling 1-800-411-9898. That's 1-800-411-9898 to become a partner in hope. Your gift to St. Jude could last a lifetime. Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? On 93
1: WIBC. So let's rock it. My name is Nigel, Jason Hammer right over there, a surly Jason Hammer, uh, Marion County resident. Hammer, uh, I'd like to know your thoughts on the outcome of the prosecutor's race. Certainly it sucks. I- <laughs> But certainly, Cindy Carrasco was a capable, uh, more than capable um, candidate uh, for prosecutor in this county. Uh, I did not get to vote. I don't live in Marion County. Uh, I, I've, I've lived in Marion County and worked in Marion County most of my adult life. Family that, that voted for Cindy Carrasco, for sure, that lived downtown. Tell me your uh, your initial thoughts and feelings. Listen, we kind of thought... Ryan Mears would win this
2: thing just because Marion County is so blue. And the voter discrepancy, right? The amount of registered Democrats compared to Republicans, the math is hard to add up here, right? You just thought it'd be an uphill battle for Cindy, but I thought it'd be close. I thought it'd be a little closer than it was. Ryan Mears won in the blowout. It was called early, it wasn't close, and it wasn't like Cindy didn't run a good campaign. There was a lot of money pumped into Cindy
1: Carrasco's Especially team. towards the end, yeah.
2: Right. Super PAC money came in. There were a ton of commercials on during legit sporting events. I remember watching that Tennessee-Georgia game, and there were Cindy Carrasco commercials. World Series, Cindy Carrasco commercials. The Republicans really tried here in Marion County, and they got their doors blown off. So, look, I guess the people of Indianapolis decided that 200-plus homicides annually is okay. This is the new norm. We're going to roll with this thing. This is what we're voting for. But I'm just wondering if you're the Indiana GOP, do you spend another dollar in an Indianapolis race? Whether it's for the mayor, whether it's for the prosecutor, whatever. Indianapolis is a lost
1: cause at this point. Uh, How much did straight blue voting straight ticket voting uh for democrats play in this
2: this was big if you look at the analytics coming out of marion county straight blue voting straight democratic ticket was a large chunk of ryan mears now i'm not saying that if that option didn't exist he wouldn't have won maybe the folks just go race by race you know name by name down the ballot and circle him anyway But you look at straight, dim voting in Marion County
1: through the roof Now, statewide was a different story.
2: Correct. Now, statewide, it goes the other way. Look at Diego Morales. This was a flawed candidate for the Republicans. And I know Rob was talking about this a lot on his program with Casey earlier today there was a lot of straight Republican voting that pushed Diego over the top, and he won with a pretty large margin. That
1: was his whole platform, was going after the base and telling his base, straight-ticket Republican. Do it straight-ticket, baby. But with this
2: prosecutor's race, like, here's how it played out. By the time Ryan Mears was getting ready to go up there and make his acceptance speech, Already five people were shot and two
1: were killed in Indianapolis last night. Oh, but we're safe, though. You you guys are safe. You're safe. has nothing to do with the uh, weak prosecutor and uh, lax bail and uh, the revolving door of the criminal justice system. You're all safe. So
2: Carrasco, she had commercials. She had some funding. Um, She did media. She was on our program. She did, you know, all the things. Yard signs were out. You heard Abdul say, man, she's winning the yard sign contest. But it wasn't close to being enough. Um, She also had the support of the Fraternal Order of Police. The FOP, who previously endorsed a Democrat. Remember, it was Terry Curry who was the prosecutor, and then he passed away,
1: and that's when Ryan Mears was appointed to that spot. Well, not only the FOP in- endorsed Cindy Carrasco, but they turned their back on Mears, literally casting a vote of no confidence. This is a statement from the Fraternal Order of Police after the election. Quote,
2: our collective membership respects the voice of the voters in Marion County. They have spoken, and now we will see see the outcomes moving forward our rank and file officers and their families have made clear what we see over the horizon 200 plus homicides annually have become the norm in indianapolis and violence continues to spread to surrounding communities as a result of the revolving door of the criminal justice program unfortunately we do not see many improvements without a change in direction to close the door on repeat violent offenders. Your officers are going nowhere and will continue to stand the line in protection of residents and visitors in the neighborhoods we serve. So that was a big part of the statement that the Fraternal Order of Police put out last night. And the cherry on top of the Sunday was when Cindy Carrasco called Ryan Mears to concede. And this is a story I've heard from not only uh, the campaign team of Cindy Carrasco, but other journalists as well. Ryan Mears didn't take the call. Now, I've never been a political candidate, so I don't know what the etiquette is
1: here. Maybe he was celebrating with the mayor doing shots of Jaeger or something like that.
2: <laughs> they were over at the bar. Hawksat was doing, had like a shot ski, and they're all pulling it up to their faces. <sighs> Uh, but, uh, yeah, so that was last night. If you live in Marion County, this is where we're at. 200 plus homicides annually is the new norm right now. So it's scary. And the fact that it was such a blowout is so disheartening. And again, if I'm a businessman, if I'm in charge of the finances for the Indiana Republican party, not one more penny is spent on Indianapolis. Why? What's the point here? Boss Hogsett, Ryan Mears, Vop Osley, they're all the same guy. They all are the same
1: guy. One drinks more than the others, but they're pretty much all the same guy. Uh, the way you can throw all the money you want at this problem, right? They are giving the police more money, and that's a big deal. But if you don't keep the violent criminals in jail when they commit violent acts and they get out and and do more of the same you're failing uh, you're failing not only their victims but the city of indianapolis um update
2: on some swing states uh, earlier this afternoon wisconsin the senate race was called for the republican ron johnson that was a big one that was a big That's one a big deal arizona and nevada still Tabulating the votes. Right now, it looks like Arizona is going to go blue with Kelly, stay blue. And Nevada looks like Laxalt has a good chance of stealing that for the Republicans, which means it's all going to come down to Georgia. The state of Georgia will be having a runoff in December. So the question now becomes if Donald Trump announces his campaign, because he said just a couple days ago, He was going to be making a, quote, big announcement coming up in the next couple of weeks. Does that play into what happens in Georgia? Does that screw over Herschel Walker? Because right now it feels like nothing is firing up the left more than stories and news about Donald Trump
1: hmm you're at you're saying if Trump announces his campaign, which I, I thought he was supposed to do that last night wasn't he or the night before right right and now now they're saying something about November 15th or something like that uh, I I don't think Trump cares one iota uh, about anybody else but himself and he's going to make the announcement when he makes the announcement and it doesn't matter if there's a runoff election. It doesn't matter that it fires up the Dem base. Uh, I think he's going to do Trump does what Trump does And it's to me You know the whole de-Sanctimonious thing Kind of made him look dumb now That uh, that Florida was just such a, a, a tidal wave of red Of Ron DeSantis That was the only I mean, r- wave I mean, that happened last god night Holy god almighty Miami Dade That county hadn't Been red in 20 years At least and uh, I think he just needs to take it easy. Just just take a step back here. Guy. you got
2: plenty of time to declare. You've got plenty of time to declare. But uh, you're right. Florida was the only bright spot, really, for the Republicans last night. Now, Nevada is still in play. They could win the Senate and the governor's race. Uh, Lombardo, favorite, still leading that race in, in uh, Nevada. So there's a pathway for Republicans to have the House and the Senate. The House is expected, but it's going to be way smaller than they thought. And it's going to be way smaller than what it should be, to be honest with you. You know what?
1: Here's what it is. Here's what I'm looking at. It's like uh, the Republicans right now are thinking, oh, man, uh, boy, we didn't beat them as bad as we thought we were going to... Uh, as we thought we were and then but the republicans are like all high-fiving hey we didn't get beat as bad as we thought we did i'd rather be on the side that says we still won but didn't win as bad as we thought we were going to win i don't know if you know? you're
2: duke and you only beat Um, Jacksonville Community College by five (laughs) points. Are you really happy with that? I'd
1: still rather be on the winner, winning side of things.
2: Uh, Speaking of winning, this was Florida's Governor Ron DeSantis last night.
1: We have embraced freedom. We have maintained
2: law and order. We have protected the rights of parents. We have respected our taxpayers. And we reject woke ideology. We fight the woke in the legislature. We fight the woke in the schools. We fight the woke in the corporations. We will never, ever surrender to the woke mob. Florida is where woke goes to die.
1: I love it. Florida is where woke goes to die. That's unbelievable. He he seems to be the face of the Republican Party now, but man, if Trump declares if I were him, he's on fire in Florida. I I would just say full steam ahead in Florida and let things play out as they may.
2: A long way to go before 2024. By the way, right now, Joe Biden is speaking about the uh, election results. <laughs> Wouldn't you love to see some reporter just try to confuse the old man? <laughs> hey, what do you think about the election tomorrow? <laughs> just to see if Joe Biden even knows what the hell he's talking about. <laughs> uh, I think tomorrow's a big day for fetter woman.
4: Emma and Nigel presents is...
8: It depends upon what the
1: meaning of the word is. Yeah. Is this anything? A 93 Summer, How do we play? Is this anything? I'll
2: tell you some stories. You tell us if it's anything. It's pretty simple. Dateline Chicago. Is this anything? Chicago high school principal has been suspended over his handling of a student who wore a German soldier's uniform and gave a Nazi salute on stage during a Halloween costume contest. The principal claimed that it wasn't a Nazi costume, but rather the student was just dressed as an East German soldier (laughs) from a communist era. Here are the students booing this kid as he walked across the stage and a student that witnessed the act breaking down exactly what happened.
7: (laughs)
9: That costume can be and easily was perceived as a Nazi uniform. And because it was easily perceived as such, many, many people were rightfully offended by that. Like, Nazis? This
1: dude is a senior. This dude is 18 years old. A grown man. He knew what he was doing. <laughs> no, 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 no. It was, it was a, a East German soldier from the commie era. No. I love the excuse the principal gave. What about the Nazi <laughs> salute? Yeah yeah that was a pretty weak excuse if i was the principal i probably just would have kind of turned him politely around and had him step off the stage you're out of here no 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 no, he's a a german soldier the communist era that's you're you're misinterpreting the whole thing yes that's something probably should stay away from that whole era in terms of uh, halloween costumes right how many times (laughs) do we have to say this
2: Don't dress like Nazis and stop comparing people to Hitler. (laughs) It feels like this is a speech that we have to make way too often in society right now. Is this anything? During an interview with Access Hollywood, Judge Judy Scheinden says that when she and Justin Bieber were neighbors back in the day, (laughs) Justin was scared of Judge Judy
7: he's scared to death of me there was a period of time before he grew up when he was foolish and doing foolish things and so i must have said something about it and then i understood that he was paying the front door people to let them know when i was there coming and going
8: so he wouldn't have to bump into me
1: (laughs) he was paying his staff to alert him as to the whereabouts of his neighbor judge judy Justin Bieber was. Did I get that right? That's correct. That's hilarious. That's uh, to be honest, I'd be scared, too. Right. I don't want to. I mean, I mean, I, I believe she draws. I mean, what you see on TV is probably what you see in real life from Judge Judy. What if it scaled have, back? A lot of people... Yeah, exactly. What if she's holding back behind <laughs> the bench while the camera's on? Maybe it could be even worse.
2: Maybe she walks around without pants and just the <laughs> robe and, like, chain <sighs> smokes and says inappropriate things I, and
1: yells at you. I, I would be scared. I would be walking on eggshells, too, if I lived next to Judge Judy. I'm with you. I'm I'm with Bieber on this one.
2: What's more likely the, the case here? Judge Judy is scary and intimidating or Justin Bieber is a wussy? Which one of these two is most likely... Yes. <laughs> is this anything? <laughs> a bouncer in Oklahoma went viral with his trick to spot a fake ID. Now, in the video, there's a young lady trying to get into his club. <laughs> Here is how the bouncer knew it was a fake ID.
1: Typically, when I get a fake ID, first, I'll let them know, ma'am, this is a fake ID. And then I'll wait for their response. It's not so- and that's the typical response. And then I tell them, <laughs> well, if that's so, then why can't I rip the fake ID in half like that? And typically they say, and then i say, you can't stay here and you got to go. You can't stay here and you
9: got to so go. So what? Can I get it back? No. get it back? Every
4: other time it works, but here it don't. Probably because we're better than everyone else.
1: Yeah, maybe I should ask you this because you're the one that had the fake ID to get confiscated, didn't you? Oh, I had a couple. <laughs> Was it at the same place? It was was a different
2: time back then. I had a couple different fake IDs. What
1: happened? Were you trying to buy booze? Or was it at a concert? It
2: was at a concert. So the first fake ID I had really wasn't even my picture,
1: right? Oh, yeah.
2: So it was just kind of a half-assed one, but it got taken at Deer Creek at the Smoking Grooves tour (laughs) uh, featuring Cypress Hill, the Y Store. Don't worry about what was taking place there. And my last one, which was a really good one, like, I don't know how this... This dude got it, but I think he had a tie-in with the DMV. I mean, this was my picture, my information, just a different birth date. And once I finally wow. turned 21, I went up to Muncie Liquors, and I just gave it to the dude. I was like, you know what? I don't even need this anymore. And he's like, you've been coming in here the last couple of years <laughs> with this? I was like, yes, sir, and today's Man. my birthday. And I showed him my real one, and it was almost like that gif of, like, uh, the hairy guy on the bike. He kind of just gave me a nod. <laughs>
1: grizzly adams right and he
2: puts my fake id up with a wall of shame (laughs) on the wall at muncie liquor wow you
1: you rubbed it in his face (laughs) we had a good relationship though okay he
2: was a good dude and he every once in a while would still send me messages here so of all the contacts that i've made at ball state the guy that works at the liquor store (laughs) is the one i've kept in contact with it's the hammer and nigel show
1: name is nigel jason hammer right over there with a special guest on the Drivehubler.com hotline dr laura wilson is a professor of
2: political science at the university of indianapolis she joins us now doctor uh we're going to talk about the national races here in just a moment but locally penny for your thoughts on what you saw from the state of indiana in midterms last night
10: Yeah, well, you don't even have to give me a penny. I'll give it to you for free. Uh, I don't have a penny.
2: (laughs) We work in radio. Come on now.
10: (laughs) Statewide executive was a clear sweep uh, for the Republican Party. I think if you look at the auditor, treasurer, and secretary of state, it seemed pretty clear a lot of folks were straight-ticket voting. There were a lot of differences there. Um, Diego Morales was able to carry through the secretary of state's race. That was when we thought was going to be close. 14% was not exactly close. Um, And and then in terms of those statewide races for uh, the Indiana General Assembly, for those individual districts, Republicans were overall able to maintain. I know there are some races that are still going through the numbers that haven't quite been counted yet. Um, But I, I think in many ways... The results themselves were probably in line with what we thought to see, but the margins were quite a bit different. And The fact that there are some races for the state legislature that are very close uh, is a little unusual and surprising. Uh, but then seeing in some cases those overall sweeping victories uh, was also maybe a little bit more unanticipated than what we would have thought.
1: Doctor, you mentioned straight ticket voting and some people are attributing that to Ryan Mears' win in uh, heavily blue Marion County over Cindy Carrasco for prosecutor. Tell us what you think happened there.
10: Any low information election, any of those races that people don't necessarily know exactly what the office is or too much about the candidates will benefit from straight ticket voting. And I could definitely see that playing a role in this case. I think you also consider the fact that Marion County does tend to lean blue. And so uh, much in the same way Republicans dominate statewide for Indiana, uh, Democrats have been pretty dominant locally, at least for the last few election cycles. And this is an interesting race, again, in terms of of margins being different, I thought Mears would be able to pull it out, but not nearly uh, with the victory that you saw. Uh, Carrasco put up a good fight. She was a good opponent. Um, and they actually made this a campaign, which I applaud both candidates on. Because a lot of times we don't talk about the prosecutor's race. We don't think about local races, uh, low information elections. Uh, the classic example would be one of these. But they're important that they certainly matter. Um, and so giving light and at least uh, making that more available to voters, I think, is really valuable.
2: Doctor, you make a great point. Uh, This was a campaign. There was a lot of money that was given to Cindy Carrasco's team right before the election. There was a super PAC dump of some money, and you saw a lot of her ads on television uh, airing before pretty big, high-profile sporting events. There was a lot of money, and she was still blown out in Marion County. If you were advising the Republican Party on what to do with Indianapolis, what advice would you give?
10: Oh, that's a great question. I I think being able to reach people on the issues, especially for local elections, is Central And so uh, Carrasco focused a lot on crime that just didn't seem to resonate enough with voters. So what is it that voters really care about and how can you share a, a candidacy and, and create a campaign that's going to reach what those issues are? are. I think that's always the challenge for any level of race, any political party, any candidate, quite frankly, is being able to be what the voters want, and then, of course, also being yourself and who you are and what you think is important. This race, I was interested in watching, in particular, because we are, it's the day after the election, can I say it? We're already looking towards the next election, and (laughs) we have a local election next year here in Indianapolis. We have a mayor's race, we have all 25 city-county council seats, so this should give the Democrats a lot of confidence Quite frankly, but I don't think it should be too Demoralizing for Republicans It just shows that there's still an opportunity For improvement and they are going to have to work There's going to have to be a lot of hustle If they want to be able to take some of those city county Council seats um, come next November
1: It seemed like uh, Diego Morales uh, Who was elected Secretary of State The Republican, it, it seemed like all the Controversies surrounding his Campaign that were able to to bounce Off of him, like he had you know Teflon on.
10: Yeah, and I I think one thing that I, as I reflect back on what he was doing and, and how it was successful, partisanship certainly matters. Straight ticket voting certainly matters. But I also don't want to take away from the campaign, his strategy was to work the base. He was meeting with Republicans in the party, and he was doing that essentially the entire campaign. He wasn't doing the traditional outreach that many of the other candidates were pursuing that we usually say is really important. And ultimately, probably for a variety of reasons and circumstances. But he was successful in pursuing that strategy. So I think that's important to consider also.
2: We're chatting with Dr. Laura Wilson, professor of political science at the University of Indianapolis. All right, doctor, on a national level here, last night for those, as they're being dubbed as, election-denying Republicans, a lot of those that had the support of Donald Trump, it was a pretty rough night. Give me your thoughts.
10: It, it was. I, this was really a thermometer moment in terms of, I, I think, the impact of Donald Trump as a whole. Would he carry on, especially now that we know he's going to make um, some sort of special announcement very soon? But what what impact does he still play? What kind of role and relevance does he have in American politics? And if, anything i think at this point it's the jury's still out it, it feels very unclear uh, some of the candidates were unsuccessful those that had his endorsement but you see other pockets of of success and i I think it tells us on one hand that he might still be relevant, but there's also real competition. And particularly national level, I'd point down there to Florida. When you look at DeSantis, you know he was competing against Charlie Crist. Both have served as governor. Obviously, DeSantis is the Republican incumbent. But that was a near sweep, which yeah. would give him a tremendous amount of confidence, a lot of name recognition. And if he's still considering a certain presidential race in two years, I, I think that puts him in a really strong position.
1: Why did people think there was like a giant red wave coming?
10: Well, we were certainly due in terms of the trend, but I, I also I think I can understand and explain why it didn't happen quite in the same way we thought. So typically the party pendulum will swing back and forth and 2020 had been good for Democrats. So inversely, we would expect, especially in a congressional midterm, when the Democrats control not only both houses of Congress, but also the presidency, that, yeah, inflation is high. The economy's not doing really well. People are concerned about crime. That, that would advantage Republican candidates. Uh, You also had abortion, which was obviously really important for Democratic candidates. And I think a lot of the surveys and polling seem to emphasize inflation over abortion, but voters may not have made that same kind of prioritization. And I know I was looking at this thinking back to 2008 and 2010, not that long ago in terms of election cycles. And 2008 was a huge election for Democrats. And in 2010, that pendulum swung back hard in favor of Republicans. And if we're using that kind of comparison, if that's the framework I'm going to go with here, uh, 2020 was good for Democrats. It wasn't great for Democrats. Um, They they were able to get the House, but they had the slimmest majority in the Senate with the tie-breaking vote from the vice president. So in some ways, maybe that pendulum is still moving, but just on the the small. Uh, less of an impact in in terms of that, in terms of scale.
2: Dr. Laura, um, next year, my son has officially accepted and committed to attend the University of Indianapolis. He will be probably in some of your classes. Here's what I need you to do. I need you to record yourself so screaming and yelling at him like Sam Kennison in the movie Back to School and then send it to us here at the Hammer and Nigel Show so we can blast it out on social media. Can you do that for well, us?
10: I can do. Mission, yes. Consider that assignment ready to go. Absolutely.
2: Dr. Laura, professor of political science at UND. Doctor, thank you. Thank you so much. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. All right, right now we've got 72 degrees at the American Standard Heating Weather Center. Right now, Joe Biden is at the White House reading names off of a pre-screened list taking questions. Let's go live.
8: ...to be able to uh, get rid of inflation, but I do think we can. We've brought, we've already brought down the price of gasoline, about $1.20 a gallon across the board, and I think that the... the, the uh, The oil companies are really doing the nation a real disservice. They've made – six of them made over $100 billion in the last quarter in profit. $100 billion. In the past, if they had done the two things that they have done before, one – Invest in more refineries and producing more product, and or passing on the rebates to the gas stations. They you know they sell the oil at a cheaper rate than they have to than they are selling it now. Not taking advantage, and that lowers the price of the total gallon of gas because that gets passed on. So there, there's a whole lot of things that we can do uh, that are that are difficult to do, but we're going to continue to push to do them. And uh, the other thing is that one of the things that makes a gigantic difference is what are the costs that exist in the average family and, and average black community? One, prescription drug cost. Well, we're driving those down precipitously beginning next year. And, you know, I'll bet you know a lot of people in the African-American and, and, and Caucasian community that, that need to take insulin for diabetes. Well, we're going to be reducing that cost. They're not going to pay more than $35 for the insulin instead of four, average of $400. And I can go down the list of the things that my dad used to say it a different way. At the end of the month, the things you have to pay for From your mortgage to food on the table, the gasoline in the automobile, do you have enough money to do it? And when it's done, do you have anything left over? And medical bills are a big piece of that, particularly in the African-American community and and poorer communities. They need help. And so we've driving down all of those costs and we've already passed the legislation to do that. It's just taking effect. So there's a lot of things we can do to affect the things that people need on a monthly basis to reduce their inflation, their cost of living. And, and so but I am optimistic because we continue to grow and at a rational pace we are not anywhere near a recession right now in terms of the growth, but I think we can have what the most economists call a soft landing. I'm convinced that we're going to be able to gradually bring down prices so that they in fact end up with us not having to move into a recession to be able to get control of inflation. And Mr.
10: President, last question on humanity. I know everybody else got some. Um, last question. Well, you're coming. Okay, go ahead. Um, Last question um, on humanity. Sir, you can't legislate, and you can't executive order out the issue of empathy or the lack thereof in the midst of this rhetoric, this heated political rhetoric. What's next?
8: Part of what I think leadership requires, and I hope I meet the standard, is letting people know you understand their problem. Again, my dad used to have an expression. He said, I don't expect the government to solve my problems, but I expect them at least know what they are, understand them. And um, like a lot of you, we've been very fortunate as a family, but we've also been through a lot of fairly tough times. And it's not, and I've had the great advantage of having a family to get through them when my first wife and daughter were killed when a tractor trailer broadsided them I and kill my wife and kill my my first wife and kill my daughter and my two boys are expected to die they were in the, it took the jaws of life three hours to get them out there on top of their dead mother and dead sister I understand what that pain is like and when Jill and I lost Bo after a year in Iraq, winning the Bronze Star, of Kaspikar's Service Medal, a major in the United States military, came home with stage four glioblastoma because he lived about 205, five between two and 500 yards from a burn pit that's 10 feet deep and the big as a football field, burning every toxic waste you could find. You know, I think that we uh, we understand what it's like to lose family members, uh, mothers, fathers to camp. We all of you been through that kind of thing. We've been fortunate though. We've had each other. We've had strong families, Jill's sisters, my brothers, my sister. And so what we can do to deal with that empathy is make sure there's help available. Make sure there's people who are there to help, whether they are psychologists or whether they're medical doctors or whether they're social workers, to be there to help, to help just hold a hand. And for example, we can do an awful lot for a lot of families, the families you're talking about, if we reinstate this child tax credit. It cut child poverty by 40% when it was in place. I couldn't get it passed the second time around. So there's a lot we can do. The empathy is not just talking about it, it's communicating to people you genuinely understand.
2: Okay, I think you can turn him down now, James. That was uh, Joe Biden reading from a pre-screened list of reporters, (laughs) rambling, not really giving us a lot of information about anything. The usual trip down memory lane where he's lost some loved ones. Uh, Typical Joe Biden press conference. We're sorry we made you sit through that. It's the Hammer and Nigel
0: Show.
1: Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? On 93 WIBC.
4: So
1: let's rock it! My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer is here. We'll get to some more midterm stuff here in just a second. Uh, some news coming from uh, Indiana here. Locally, the Delphi killer, Richard Allen, two counts of murder for Libby and Abby, uh, has requested a public DA... Liberty German's mom spoke on national TV last night about the arrest of Richard Allen, and she was talking about Inside Edition.
5: If this turns out that he is the killer, how did he manage to go unnoticed for almost six years? There's a lot of questions still left un- unanswered, more questions now than there were before. It just seems logical that they had some kind of local ties, at, le- at the very least. So I didn't expect him to literally be living right under everyone's noses. It just seems crazy that he was right there living life every day.
1: It is creepy. For a town like Delphi, a
2: tight-knit of a community as that is, for this dude just to be working every day, Right there, you know, in the in the pharmacy, doing pictures. You know, this manhunt was going on for years. One of the most high-profile searches in the country, and there he was, just right there. Uh, so that was uh, Liberty German's mom speaking uh, to Inside not, Edition last been night. they
1: to screw this up. He's asking, has he not met with any sort of attorney? His initial hearing um, was. Did he have an attorney with him behind closed doors? I mean, we're coming up on a couple of weeks here. Yeah,
2: I don't know what was happening behind closed doors, but he's requesting a public DA, which one tells me he doesn't have representation right now. And two, if he's requesting the public DA, it's not like he's got a whole lot of money to play with here. If you're requesting the public DA now, If you're somebody that's an up-and-coming lawyer, Nige, somebody that's a criminal defense lawyer, this feels like the perfect opportunity for you here. So there's no doubt in my mind he's going to have some sort of representation. But you're right. I hope this doesn't get screwed up. Yeah. If, and this is a big if, he is indeed the guy. You are innocent until proven guilty. He has been charged in these murders. He has not been convicted of these murders yet. And maybe there are other... Puzzle pieces out there. Maybe he wasn't alone. Maybe he's a part of a larger story. A lot of things to discuss. Nigel, as I look up at our TV screens here in studio, one of them has our news partners, Wish TV. Yeah. One of them has uh, The Five airing on Fox News right now. The other one has Jaws 2 on it. <laughs> now- jaws
1: was on earlier how how fitting
2: and jaws 2 is on now the same mayor from jaws 1 is the mayor in jaws 2 he won re-election and it kind of dawned on me indianapolis we're jaws 2 now that's it no matter what happens in this city whether it's massive shark attack or 200 plus homicides we're going to elect the
1: same leadership because we're idiots week on prosecutor, I mean weak on crime. Prosecutor Ryan Mears reelected by a wide margin in the right. terms of yesterday. He's the
2: mayor from Jaws too. <laughs> That's where we're at right now. Ryan Mears just boat raced that win yesterday. I mean it was a landslide. He won big, crushed Cindy Carrasco, and there was a lot of money in her campaign. She ran a good campaign. She had tons of commercials media exposure she had yard signs everything she did was right but here in marion county it's so democratic it's so blue i don't know if a republican can ever win another seat in the city nigel
1: and with the you know the light on crime the sweetheart plea deals the revolving door uh, violent criminals in and out um, failing the victims, failing their, the community. You're a Marion County resident. Have you ever thought or discussed with your wife about moving out of Hamilton, or I'm sorry, moving out of Marion County? Yes, absolutely. I mean, you're a lifer. We are going to
2: probably let the kids, you know, finish up schooling here. Um, but you know, as I get older, certainly. If this city continues to deteriorate, if 200 plus homicides is the norm, which under Ryan Mears' time in that office, it's been the norm. I mean, you might have to make some tough decisions, you and know, crime, as I get a little bit older. And it
1: does permeate too. I mean, here from Indianapolis out into the Donut Counties, they're right that kind of crime.
2: Um, updates on the swing states. If you went to bed last night and not quite sure what was going on this morning, Wisconsin. That Senate race has been called for the Republican Ron Johnson. It's the big one. In Nevada, the Republican leads. Laxalt leads Masto, Cortez Masto. Uh that has not been called yet. It's pretty close, but it looks like the Republican's going to yeah. steal that Senate seat in Nevada. That's
1: one that's the one the Republican needs. And now if you could get uh uh Masters in Arizona to be Kelly, that that's ball that game. would be you, huge!
2: That would be ball game huge. for the Republicans, but I don't think that's going to happen, man. Yeah, Kelly's Masters, got a Masters. about a five-six yeah. point lead on Masters right now.
1: It's not ball game. I mean, like, look at the if if the Georgia runoff. I mean, we're talking to Walker and uh, Warnock in Georgia they're going to a runoff they're going to have to do this all over again december 6th. right but
2: what i'm saying is if the republicans win arizona you don't need georgia but
1: we can't it doesn't but we also said it doesn't look good for blake masters right. now i don't know they're going to they're going to update the the data i mean as far the last time i saw there was only 66% reporting Correct. And and Masters was down by five to six points.
2: The uh, governor's race in Arizona, Carrie Lake, still trailing in that race. Uh, It's only a 1% difference, though, and there's still a lot of votes to come in. Uh, But Carrie Lake, she's been trailing the majority of this race. Uh, She's starting to close that gap a little bit. We'll keep an eye on that. But let's just, for argument's sake, say that Arizona stays blue. Nevada goes red. This means it comes down to Georgia because they are going to have a runoff election in December. Warnock against Herschel Walker. The Libertarian will not be a part of this. It's just the top two. And this will decide the Senate. So I'm curious to see how the Republican leadership handles this, because the Republican leadership has not done a good job in pretty much anything related to the midterm election so far. Do you bring in Ron DeSantis to try to drum up and fire up the base? You don't want Donald Trump to do anything in Georgia, do you? I didn't,
1: he didn't support Kemp, did he?
2: No, and he kind yeah, of that's... ignored the runoff election last time when yep. he was lame duck president. So it's kind of how this situation came to be. But uh, Kemp is a popular guy in Georgia. He dusted Stacey Abrams again. She actually conceded this time. Well, she... She
1: conceded, but she conceded to the last election. No, oh, okay. <laughs> she conceded four years ago. Uh, so she hasn't said anything about this current one yet.
2: Beto got rolled up to, <laughs> like, how many times are we going to see Beto and Stacey Abrams moving forward? Are they done? Oh, uh, they need to hook up. <laughs> they need to have a liaison some sort of like uh, a yeah. hallmark christmas channel christmas yeah. with the losers where he's a down on his luck texas democrat she's an election denying democrat from georgia what happens when they meet up for christmas you can totally see that happening um the question becomes did the democrat strategy of ripping on the republicans on abortion and threats to democracy actually work no
3: i i don't think it worked it's not like i think the democrats are going to come out of this with seats look i always think messages that bring the country together that win swing voters are better messages for the long term it's how you ultimately win presidential races i think democrats rallied their base They avoided some really difficult issues, but I think it was a a divisive message. And I think the country comes out of this election just as divided as it was before.
2: So in sports betting terms, we call that a push. Uh, That was a polling expert with The Washington Post, Mark Penn, saying basically we got a push here. And by the way, California voted against having sports betting last night overwhelmingly like they gave it a big thumbs down so if i understand this correctly i can legally smoke weed poop on the streets of san francisco (laughs) take heroin and (laughs) state-approved clinics and smoke crack with my taxpayer funded drug using kits yes but i can't take the raiders minus six and a half this weekend sorry all right sounds
1: good is Nigel. Jason Hammer is here with a very special and lovely guest on the DriveHubler.com hotline. She saves you money. She's a little crazy, but we love her.
2: A little. She is the crazy coupon lady, Crystal Hammer. How are you, love? I am good. How are you? So, For those who don't know, we're big decoration people at the Hammer house.
1: Yeah. Did I see some some decorations up on Facebook? Did I, did I see a Christmas tree? Did I? Is this right?
9: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um,
4: Whoa. I'll,
9: I'll be honest with you. I was coming home last night from bringing my son home from basketball practice, and I was so mad because I saw three houses that had fully christmas light decorations, everything <laughs> in their yard. And I'm like, I get mad when people outdo me. They beat so, you to it, huh? I, they did. So, yesterday, the roof lights went up. They're up. They're not on yet, but they're up. Right. And Yeah. So, the Christmas decorations are coming, and I might, not, might have bought two more Christmas trees. Sorry, honey. Plural.
2: Trees. I love how you threw that little S at the end of that. So, how many Christmas trees per room are we looking at now?
9: Um, maybe two or three.
1: Okay, <laughs> would you have to, when you have to think about it? Like I could, you could ask ask me that question. I could say, okay. well, there's one in our living room and then one in our dining room, and that's it. And, and Nigel, let me tell you this: reason number
2: five hundred and fifty why I'm not a rich man because she feels like there has to be gifts under every single one of these trees. <laughs> well, you're putting up three trees in every room. We don't have any money left.
9: Well, and, and you know, reason. and the other thing is too, I took down the the. Um, decoration, Halloween decoration, fall decorations in the front room. But I took them to work so that I could decorate my cubicle at work, so then I need to buy new fall decorations next year. And to be fair,
2: for those people who are saying, I can't believe you're talking about Christmas. It's not even Thanksgiving. Oh, we have inflatable turkeys up in the
1: front of the yard, Nige. It's very festive still Uh, following uh, in the days leading up to Christmas in December. You've got inflatable turkeys. Correct. Yeah.
9: Yeah. But the inflatable turkeys will be coming down soon. All right.
2: So, speaking of turkeys, <laughs> uh, what's this thing where somebody could get a free turkey? What's this thing you've been talking about?
9: So, if you sign up with Ibotta, if you don't have Ibotta and you sign up a new account, you are automatically getting um, a free turkey. And when I say a free turkey, it's it's through Butterball. You get $14 off. So, The great thing about it is it's not the full turkeys. I mean, it is. You could get a bigger size turkey. You're just going to get up to $14 off of it. But you could also just get the turkey breast, which usually run around $14, so it's completely free. Plus, you're going to get side dishes, like I believe cornbread is a side that you're going to get for free. You're going to get some mashed potatoes for free, gravy for free, and I believe um, some cans of green beans for free.
2: So this is for new users only, right? Like, if you already got an yeah. ibotta account you're kind of sol right
9: well you're not sol they have a, if you've already had one you had to do so many offers on ibotta and it will unlock the free turkey for you now most of the people that i've talked to like at my work and my friends they all have like anywhere from 12 to 18 offers like if they go out and do a kroger, or kroger hall and they submit for like Uh, I think it's like 12 offers. It unlocks their free turkey. Unfortunately for me, and I guess it's because I use Ibotta so much, I have 32 offers that I have to do to get my free turkey.
2: And you're going to get that, aren't you? Because you're insane. Because you're a crazy woman. That's what you do.
9: Yeah, I'm already at like 25, so I'm going back out tonight. So. But I'm getting all the stuff that like are free or 50% off and things that we use. So it's not like I'm buying things that I we don't need.
2: See, that's one of the things people, I think, who look at couponers, they assume that you're buying a bunch of crap hoarding. that you don't need, yeah. you're hoarding it in the back, and you're never going to use it. The stuff that you're buying and that you're giving us tips on, it's all stuff that we use in the house.
9: Yeah, I mean a lot of most of the stuff that I buy, honestly, is laundry detergent. I mean, we have, I mean, you boys are stinky.
1: (laughs) Uh Yeah, that's right. Yeah,
9: and and then the boys play sports, and so they're constantly taking showers. So I'm doing probably two to three loads of laundry a day, and then if you, on top of that, you know, bed clothes at least once a week, because again. The boys. Sometimes I walk in the room and I'm like, "Dude, really? Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. let's clean some bed clothes because it smells in here."
2: Yeah, um, so when you've got teenage life, boys ago, in the house cleaning those bed clothes, <laughs> is always a kind of a touch and go kind of <laughs> touch and go kind of thing. <laughs>
9: yeah I don't ask questions. i just I make them take the bed clothes off and put it in the wash i don't even I don't want to know nothing about
1: it. You get your own socks out from under that bed Mister I'm not touching those exactly. things. I am not touching those
9: exactly. things exactly exactly.
2: What else uh do you have that we can uh save some cash on
9: so um I just saw that uh this week at Kroger part of the Kroger weekly digital deals now remember. That means you have to go on the Kroger app, and there is a weekly digital coupon that you have to clip in order to get the savings. But the one thing I'm kind of excited about is uh, the Red Baron Stuffed Crust Pizzas, because those things are expensive, and our boys love them, uh, My obviously. kids love them,
1: too. Yeah. We're real good. Yeah. The, 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 the mini like, ones? The mini ones or the full-size ones?
9: No. This is the full size ones right. they're like $8.59 a pizza. That's their regular price. They're on sale for 5.99, but if you clip that Kroger weekly digital coupon, it makes them 4.99 each. Plus, wow. there's an Ibotta rebate that you're going to get a $1.50 back making them just $3.49 a pizza. That's cheaper than the Kroger brand frozen pizza.
2: And we go through frozen pizzas and pizza rolls and chicken nuggets like they're Uh, going out of style
1: in our house. Any pizza pockets in there? Any pizza pockets? No, No, not really a pizza pocket house. No? Okay.
9: No. But you can do this deal up to five times so so you can get up to five pizzas.
2: Oh, man. Five pizzas in our house probably last maybe two to three. Like, not even that long. I was going to say like three days.
9: You're probably right, because that's usually their go-to when they get home from school for a snack. That's considered a snack, not dinner. (laughs) a snack.
2: Um, So, all right. If somebody wants to uh, follow your tips, if they want to get some savings, what's the best thing they can do? They follow you on social media, right?
9: Yes. You can find me on all social media. Just search my name. Just remember that my first name is spelled C-H-R-Y-S-T-A-L. Hammer, just like the tool. And Crystal, just like the stripper.
2: Right. <laughs> C-H, like Christmas, because you are the crazy Christmas yes. lady in addition to the yes. crazy coupon lady. Can, can
9: we can we change it to that instead of the stripper?
2: No. Absolutely not. Never. Absolutely not. All right, uh, Crazy Coupon Lady, thank you so much. We'll talk to you. All
9: right, see ya. All
2: right, coming up next, mm. we've got uh, Casey Daniels. I can't, I can't believe you guys have Christmas decorations already. <laughs> Nod, you have no idea. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you I, have I, no idea the amount of stuff that's still sitting like up in the yeah, attic yeah. that we still have to bring down, yeah. all of the indoor decorations, Unbelievable. the outdoor decorations. It's impressive. Oh, man. Uh, Let's get Casey in here. We need to change the topic because I'm going to get depressed. Uh, The side piece, Casey Daniels, coming up right after we look at the news.
1: Jason Hammer is here. Casey Daniels from the Kendall and Casey Show here for the side piece. I heard earlier this morning uh, on the show you talking about how this was the first time you ever voted a split ticket. You were always a straight ticket ticket voter case
7: yeah it is well you know what uh being paired there with mr rob kendall (laughs) has taught me a few things and one of those is that uh, don't vote straight ticket go through and uh see who you're actually voting for and i will tell you and boy i hope we don't lose listeners for this i voted for two libertarians four republicans i left a couple blank and one democrat Okay. That
1: yeah, sounds right. about like me. I didn't vote Democrat on any of them, but I did leave a couple blank, a couple libertarians, mostly Republicans. And then, mm-hmm. of course, with the school board, you don't know whether they're R's or D's, so you got to do your research right. there. So how was your uh, voting experience, though? Like, did you have to wait long? Oh, or?
7: lickety-split. Nope. Really? I went in and gave them my ID. They did the whole scan thing, gave me my ballot, went over, boop, 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 and then I was out. It The whole process took less than five minutes. I'm in a salty mood today, Casey, because much
2: like uh, that audio of Bob Knight that's made its way around for years, I'm sick and tired of losing to (laughs) Purdue. I'm sick and tired of losing to these radical lunatic Democrats. I am. I'm tired of it because it doesn't have to be this way. But the Republicans keep putting up stiffs. They keep putting up Melvins. They get fascinated by celebrity and they end up getting railroaded. Mm -hmm. Are you talking about what's going on in Pennsylvania? All over the country. Or, all over the country. Let's start in Pennsylvania, okay, I was going to say, who did you lose to? So, <laughs> I lost because I am a conservative, and I wanted control of the House and the Senate. Mm. And now the Senate's up in the air because mm-hmm. you don't know what's going to happen with this Georgia runoff, mm-hmm. but it should have been taken care of. The voters in Pennsylvania said, you know what, we're going to send a guy that's fresh off of a stroke mm-hmm. that uh, tells everybody, hello, good night' when he meets you. Mm-hmm. We're going to reward this guy with the Senate seat because the Republicans put up a stiff mm-hmm. in Dr. Oz and it didn't have to be this way, and I don't think I'm the only one that's tired of the insane leadership that's happening with that party.
7: Yeah, well, okay, so Oz, a lot of people didn't like him, didn't trust him. He's like a carpetbagger, right? He's a right? New Jersey guy. Right. He's not from Pennsylvania. He's not going to represent the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. Uh, okay, and and so- to be
2: clear, I'm not trying to be some Monday morning quarterback. Nige, back me up. I said this from the very
7: beginning. Oh, yeah. Oz was a mistake. Uh, yeah. Yes, you did. You called him a fraud, I believe. You didn't <laughs> like him from the get-go. I, mean, I he's thought- certainly
1: competent. I think he's certainly a more competent uh, politician than Fetterman could ever be.
2: This wadded up pieces of paper, Nigel, is a more competent uh, politician than Fetterman.
7: Well, I think Fetterman did really well early on, and the debate certainly helped Oz, but it just came too late. You know, he was surging there at the end, but it just wasn't enough because a lot of people were already married to the idea of voting blue and straight ticket Pennsylvania, a blue state, and right. it happened.
2: But if the other guy that
7: lost to Oz in the primary
2: would have been the candidate, mm-hmm. I honestly feel like he wins. And Republicans don't have to worry about Georgia, Mm -hmm. but because of Donald Trump Mm -hmm. and because of Sean Hannity, Mm -hmm. they had some sort of fascination with Dr. Oz. They had to make him their golden child. He ended up getting beat. And listen, if I lived in Pennsylvania, I wouldn't want some dude who lives in New Jersey to just move in here, steal a seat, and then never talk about us again.
7: No, I didn't pick up on this uh, Sean Hannity thing. Tell me oh, more.
2: Hannity loves Dr. Oz. Yeah. He's been trying to tell us how great Dr. Oz is for the last couple of months, and everybody that I spoke with... Knew this guy was a fraud, Mm -hmm. but boy, Sean Hannity and Donald Trump, they couldn't get enough of this guy, so he ends up getting
7: him to the the finish line, Mm -hmm. basically,
2: Mm -hmm. but he doesn't win.
7: Yeah, and he had about half the money that Fetterman had to do it and was putting up his own money as well i how much money did trump give oz to win trump didn't spend very much money
2: at all but this goes into the republican leadership question that i've got a problem with i heard tony talking about this today ronna mcdaniel uh if this is how it's going to be, she needs to be replaced. Kevin McCarthy, if you do end up getting a little bit of an advantage in the House, I want Kevin McCarthy gone. Give me Steve Scalise. Give me somebody else. I don't know what's going to happen with the Senate, but I've had my time with Mitch McConnell. I'm
7: done with Cocaine Mitch. I want
8: butts! I want <laughs> butts, and butts! I want them now!
7: <laughs> Did you see that uh, Nancy Fancy Pants Pelosi is on her way to Egypt? It was like last night during the election. What? She got on a plane. He yeah, she's going to the COP27 uh, climate change oh, conference on so a private yes, plane. The and... same thing that Holcomb okay. is at right yeah. now. And I thought, okay, she's leaving town because she also believed in this red wave that turned out to be more of a red trickle. It wasn't, it wasn't quite the tsunami. It was more of a sprinkle. Am I
1: wrong in thinking that maybe, just maybe, especially in some of these blue states that we thought were going to be close, um, I, I think that maybe abortion was more of uh, an issue and also some of the, you know, kind of the election denier angle, mm-hmm. um, you know, painting Republicans with that brush may have been sort of more of an issue than, than we originally thought.
7: Uh, well, okay, you know what? I will give... Tom McDermott, who lost to Todd Young, just a small inkling bit of credit, because I heard him say one tiny, somewhat intelligent thing. If you are into on-demand abortions, his his uh his point was that inflation we're gonna take care of that but the <laughs> but the right but the roe v Wade thing is a life decision here mm-hmm. for the rest of your life although both sides had fifty years to make that a permanent thing
1: anything else surprise you uh, locally here in Indiana
7: I was I don't know if I was surprised or bummed is the right word that uh, Jeff Maurer didn't get the 10%. He did. The libertarian candidate. Yeah, he did here in Marion County, well not Marion County, but here in Indianapolis area, but it was the corners of the state where he didn't perform as well. And you know, Abdul and I talked about that and what would he have done better? Whoa, whoa! in Fort Wayne wouldn't even interview the guy, so he couldn't even get on the air up there in Fort Wayne, but then maybe he should 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 have gone on WSBT in South Bend or MNC or not even just the talk news stations, but get on the rock station, get on the country station, get on the adult contemporary stations and take your message to everybody who's apolitical. And that's maybe where he could have improved. So I was surprised that he didn't do better because I thought he was the better candidate.
2: Is there any chance moving forward, that a Republican can win a meaningful race in Indianapolis, do you think? Oh, after boy, what we saw last night with Ryan Ramirez. Mears. It yeah. was a big win. Big win, big blowout percentage. win over Cindy Carrasco. This is after the FOP mm-hmm. endorsed her. Mm-hmm. They had a vote of no confidence. Mm-hmm. The FedEx massacre, mm-hmm. 200 homicides mm-hmm. year after year. Um, this
7: what was do you, a blowout.
2: Yeah, what do you do to sway voters? I, I Do you don't... just quit? If you're the... If you're the Republican Party and you're looking at high-profile races in Marion County, mm-hmm. whether it's mayor, whether it's prosecutor, whatever, do you just say, you know what, we're going to spend our money elsewhere because this is a foregone conclusion?
7: Yeah, I I hope not because now I'm going back to playing uh, gunshot or firework at my house. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's <laughs> right. A, that's a little play we that, laugh, because play we that don't every laugh, we we'll cry. Yeah, people people play that every night. Yeah.
7: I, I heard three last
2: night. Bam, bam, bam. Really? Two yeah. people were yes. shot and killed in Indianapolis last night while Ryan yeah. Mears was doing a victory lap. Yeah. Just kind of let that sink in just a little <sighs> bit.
7: Every night. I, wow. I I can go out on my balcony. I, I do live in Indianapolis, and I've got a balcony, and if I go stand on the balcony and gaze upon the stars, I hear it. And it's not just like, whoa, is that a It's like multiple times a week we play a round of gunshot or firework. Who's the face of the Republican Party? Oh really you're gonna give me that softball <laughs> big daddy de santis baby DeSantis! yes yes ron DeSantis, handedly man Boy. almost 20 points he is the face of the republican party and i called it years ago i'm so proud of myself for that one i always could pick the hits you know,
2: trump voters are very loyal mm-hmm. right and mm-hmm. they are passionate about their guy we've mm-hmm. seen it on social mm-hmm. media already mm-hmm. uh I agree with you. I think Ron DeSantis has to be the face, Mm -hmm. but Donald Trump's not going away. And I don't want to say this like I don't like Donald Trump. His presidency, I got everything I wanted from a policy standpoint. Mm -hmm. I did. The economy Mm was good. The border was good. I was doing all right. Uh, No
1: wars. Foreign policy was good.
2: But the face of the party has to be Ron DeSantis now, because you can win with him, and I'm tired of getting beat.
7: Yeah, I think there's probably a little bit of Trump fatigue. And the thing with uh, Ron DeSantis is the first time he ran for governor, he did not win handedly. It was not like this overwhelming victory.
1: Right, he had help from Trump. Yeah,
7: Yeah. but this time, it proves that he's able to build a coalition. He won Miami-Dade County, first time since Twenty two. He he won Leon County, which is Tallahassee, which is the capital of Florida, which is traditionally blue. So he went up and down that state and he got people to vote for him. And that's what you need in a leader. It's not just yes, I know the Trump Trumpsters They're They're very passionate. But this is a guy who can get everybody on his side. And that's what you need. That's what you want. And he's very presidential. His victory speech was inspiring and it was motivating. And I feel like that's what we want. Not not somebody who's going to be a a clown or a cartoon character and and make you laugh from time to time. You want somebody who's actually has conviction and is going to lead. And I think, yeah, that's Ron DeSantis right now. You got any articles online? You know what? I just did one yesterday about uh, if it's legal to uh, take a selfie while you're voting. And the answer in Indiana is yes, you can take a selfie of your ballot. Okay. Um, Is
2: it legal to take a selfie while you're on the can? (laughs) Because I've done that before. If that's criminal, just send me to death row. (laughs) Have you
7: done that? Have you done that? I'll text you one. (laughs)
1: Okay. You asked for
7: it. (laughs) Please,
2: and thank you. (laughs) That is Casey Daniels, The Side Piece. Look for it at wibc.com. And the Kendall and Casey Show, Monday through Friday, 9 to noon. Thank you. Thank you. It's The Hammer and Nigel Show.
0: Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kiskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at kisqali.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kiskali is right for you.
4: When St. Jude opened in 1962, childhood cancer was considered incurable. Since then, St. Jude has helped push the overall survival rate from 20% to more than 80%. St. Jude won't stop until no child dies from cancer. Join me today in supporting St. Jude by calling 1-800-411-9898. That's 1-800-411-9898 to become a partner in hope. Your gift to St. Jude could last a lifetime. My name is Nigel.
1: Chasing hammers here. It is the Hammer and Nigel show.
2: <laughs> Nothing weird at all about two grown men no. looking at each other hearing your sex is on fire. Think about it like that. Right. Can you just shut that off over
1: there, please? Thank you. Let's you didn't have to look me right in the eyes, either. <laughs> it was really weird. An entire hour of the Hammer and Nigel show coming up. More uh, analysis on what happened last night. The red wave, some thought, was going to happen. Turned out to be just kind of a little trickle, if that. Um, More of a burning pee than anything else. <laughs> More of an STD. Right. Uh, burning pee. Uh, so we'll have much more on that coming up after 6 o'clock. Uh, big warning here from the National Park Service. They've warned visitors not to lick desert toads. Oh, so we're not supposed to lick the toads so, uh, now. do not lick the toads, according to the National Park Service. They had to issue a warning because apparently... It's become a problem for some people. Well, there was an episode <laughs> of Family
2: Guy where people were licking toads and it had an effect like mushrooms
1: or acid or something. Well, yeah, some people like I don't know, like celebrities like Joe Rogan and they they smoke the toad's psychoactive poison. Okay. So, which doesn't seem very good for you. It's dangerous, no. but now we've been warned. And uh, we'll let uh, Hammer and Nigel Records take over uh, as a tribute to this warning. We were in sort of a Willie Nelson kind of mood here.
8: Licking toads again.
5: <laughs> Black
2: Chelsea Handler and Joe Rogan.
5: <laughs> Park
2: Service warned them, but they'll probably do it again talk about it on
8: fox and cnn <laughs> looking towards again come on like
3: some 60s hippies and they just had to try some <laughs> they've
8: got lots of friends <laughs> that do them too like rogers and mike tyson it's kind of frightening to be licking toads again
5: (laughs) Getting stoned with some amphibians (laughs) If this is the future then I'm happy to
1: admit You won't find me licking a toad on a stick Here you go. Stop licking the toads, everybody. (laughs) All right, uh, we'll be back after 6 o'clock. It's a Hammer Nigel show.
9: Going places that I've never been
3: Seeing things that I may never see again I can't wait to
7: get on the road
3: again On the road again